What's going on, everybody? Michael Keefe, Andrew Spade here, and it is time for a little OBR Offseason Monday Rewind, uh, and we've got a very, very, very fun show planned over the next hour. Uh, before we get into a little bit of a description on that, uh, again, thank you, everybody that's joining us live here tonight. Uh, if you are not subscribed to the OBR, make sure you get subscribed to the OBR. A ton of awesome stuff went up today. A ton of awesome articles went up today after obviously the big Deshaun Watson news broke this morning. Uh, so you definitely want to get to the OBR's website and check out what they got going on over there. But also uh, for future things, our, 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 our famous web dork, Barry McBride, has been excited all day to talk about uh, his his uh, newswire that's going to come mm -hmm. out tomorrow. It's going to be massive. It's going to be massive. Record-breaking newswire. You don't want to miss that. So make sure you get subscribed, you get over to the website, and you do all that. Andrew, man, it has been an eternity since I've seen you last. I know. Hours. Hours know. since we've last seen each other. How are you, sir? I, I mean, at this point, Mike, it might just be smart of the OBR to put us all in a house and just have a, just have a webcam on, Big Brother style, 24 hours a day. Why take breaks? You know, I mean, give the people what they want. They want to hear us talk Browns. They want to see us talk Browns. They want to see my books. I will bring the books to the house. That's that's a part of my contract. That's fine. I bring that's, the books with me. They that's travel. big. That's you don't come without those. No, that's right. That's in my rider. Yeah, this, the, those those shelves right there are in my in my green room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm good, Mike. How are you? Dude, I am great. I'm great. It's been a good day. It's been a beautiful day. Uh, I have managed for a vast majority of today to kind of stay away from social media, which has been nice. Obviously, I've gotten a lot of stuff, a lot of opinions thrown my way from friends, family, from you guys with the OBR. That's kind of how I've, I have uh, kept tabs on things, but it's, it's been a kind of a calm day, to be honest with you. Kevo caught on. You got real world OBR style. Nobody wants to see that. We would absolutely murder each other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. So listen, here's what we're going to do tonight. Andrew and I tried to come up with an idea that's maybe a little bit more uh, a little bit more fast paced for tonight. We don't want to get just stuck on one thing. And there is yep. a big thing. And we are going to spend a fair amount of time talking about the different elements and aspects of it. But we don't want to get caught up just on one talking point tonight. Mm -hmm. And so um, they have always said that the best, uh, the sincerest form of flattery is imitation, right? That's right. So we're going to do some imitation uh, from a, a classic uh, show on the ESPN network. Pardon the interruption. Uh, where, where they basically just put themselves on time limits for topics. They touch on that topic for that time limit, and then they bounce off of it. And that's what we're going to do. We don't want that to make you feel like you cannot be involved in the show tonight. We definitely want you to be involved in the show. The comments are already going crazy over here. Welcome to everybody in the comments. Make sure that you guys stay in the comments. Give us your thoughts. We will pull them up. We will talk about them. We will answer questions. But... In the meantime, we're just going to set a time limit. So Andrew's going to put a five-minute timer on each topic that we come up with. We're going to talk about it real quick, uh, let you guys get involved, and then we're going to bounce on to the next topic. Well, there's a little bit – Andrew and I have cheated a little bit. Mm -hmm. We've broken down the Deshaun thing into several different topics. <laughs> but I will say this. For those of you – and I'm scrolling back right now to find the comment because I it's there, and I want you to be excited about this. Jared Turnwald in the comments said, I'm ready to move on to all Cade, yeah. York, Cade York talk all the time. He knows us. It's one of the topics, Jared. Yeah. It's one of the topics yep. coming at you later. Yep. So Cade and York talk is coming at you. His name is in all caps in my show notes. So As it should yeah. be. Mm -hmm. so, so let's kick it off, Andrew. Let's get the first uh, five minutes going, and let's start with the big news uh, of today, which is uh, Judge Sue Robinson decided that 
the the recommended suspension for Deshaun Watson is six games. Uh, mm-hmm. No fines, nothing else. Um, and uh, we are going to get into some of her words later, but now that you've had a day, we reacted to it very immediately as soon as it happened. Now that you've had a chance to kind of simmer on it, uh, where are you at, Andrew? How are you feeling about the big news? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how I think uh, it depends on what parts of the process that you kind of tuned in for uh, that impacted how surprised you were, I think, by the by the news today. If you had if you had gone on vacation a month ago, for example, and come back today to find out that uh, it was six games, you'd be shocked because a month ago, the, all the talk of the league was that it was indefinite year long. You know, uh, he can re- reapply for reinstatement in 2023. So it's a big change from that. Um, so it's shocking in that regard. But I think the, you know, the the news was pretty consistent that the NFLPA felt that they presented a compelling case uh, against the arbitrator in June. And so I, I think since that has kind of leaked out slowly, there's been confidence and then certainly last night with the NFLPA getting out ahead of the ruling by saying that they wouldn't appeal, that gave you a sense that they were very confident, uh, leading some to even expect that perhaps they had insider information, which I don't think was the case. But, but regardless, I, you know, it, it. So if you if you were locked in like I am for professional reasons, it didn't come as much of a surprise. I think a lot of league people, you know, I mean, sort of take the big picture view. A lot of league people thought it was six games back in March when the trade went down. The, the analysis at that time was he'll miss the first six weeks, but then he's the quarterback. And and then obviously a lot has happened since then. Uh, you know, it's been three months of almost nonstop news on this topic. But, uh, you know, uh, I, it, I think it kind of circled back around. And that's that's often the way of the NFL. The original prediction often comes out to be true. Right. Uh, as boring as that can be sometimes. But I. I, so I, from my perspective, it was expected. I think the other piece of news that that really got overshadowed was that overnight, uh, late last night, the the Watson team settled three of the four remaining civil suits with with uh, some of some of the claimants. And so there's one civil suit remaining that uh, would eventually go to trial next year. But I, I it's, it sounded from Tony Busby's comments like that's also on its way to settlement. Uh, so I, you know, I think those two pieces of news together. Depending on what the NFL does, and as you mentioned, we will talk about that. Uh, we are potentially close to this saga ending. Well, we'll get to that too because yep. uh, one of our topics is going to be about what comes next, and uh, we're also potentially close to this thing never being over right. ever. Yes. So we'll see. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm kind of right where I was earlier, which is from a football perspective, and and that's all we can talk about because we weren't in the room and we're not experts on the on the on what happened. We're, mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing that is so hard to just keep your, you have to, you literally have to tell yourself, no, don't get caught up in all the stuff because none of us were in the room when the arguments were going down. None of us were in the room when the alleged actions were taking place. None of us heard what the NFL said. None of us heard what Watson's camp said. And so nobody truly is an expert on this because nobody really knows. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot, you know, I, I did see there was a lot of, there was some outrage there was some celebration. Uh, I respect whatever anybody feels because none of us were there. Um, I will say that I still feel kind of the same way I did earlier, Andrew, which is from a football perspective, I think there's a pretty, uh, I think it's a pretty good, almost best case scenario for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Assuming that you thought all along that a suspension was going to happen, the fact that he's going to be with the team through training camp, and then he's going to be able to return to practice after just a few weeks, Yep. Uh, before he's able to come back at week seven, 
Um, he's going to be spending a lot. He's only going to spend a, a few weeks away from the building. And I think mm-hmm. that's a big win uh, for getting him acclimated to the team and, 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 and kind of getting him ready to go when week seven rolls around, assuming that is when we see him. Yep. I agree with that. I think, uh, yeah, from a purely football perspective, uh, it is good news for the Browns and um, it, it paves the way for them to have a potentially a, a mostly normal season, especially given how easy the first four games appear to be at this point. Uh, and if that's the case that, you know, that, that has felt like a remote possibility for much of the off season. It, it, it has time at times has felt like the 2022 season was going to be a lost cause in service of eventually having a franchise quarterback. And that could, you know, potentially still be the case, but uh, there is a glimmer of hope today. And, and I, you know, for, for, for Browns fans who just want to see a competitive football team, and that is uh, refreshing to see. And with that, we are out of time with our first segment. All right, so let's move on to the second one. I do want to say, though, I should point this out. Shout out to Clouds Brewing. That's my beer tonight. Oh, nice. It's from Raleigh, North Carolina. We stopped there on our way down to South Carolina last week, uh, and it's a Blood Orange Hop Jam IPA. So that's what it I'm looks great. Tonight. Shout out to that because we gotta we gotta have some beers when we're talking about. Listen, guys, I know in the comments some of you we're all tired of this. Look at this comment. Enough to Sean talk. Yep. I get it. I yep. get it. We're all yep. tired of the whole situation. Yep. But it's the big news. I mean, like you can't just ignore it and sweep it under the rug. This is something we got to talk about yep. and we got to unpack because there's a lot to unpack. Hang having said that, yeah. having said that, yeah, hang with us because Kate York is coming. Yeah. Uh, having said that, uh, Sue Robinson's report, Judge Sue, Ro- I, I, I'm with, uh, I want to say it was Adam the Bull uh, from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, formerly 92 through the fan. I think he tweeted out that he thinks it's funny that people are calling her Sue like their buddies. Yeah. Like Sue, like <laughs> Sue's report. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Judge Robinson's report was released in full mm-hmm. and you could re- read exactly what she said. I want this part to focus on what she said and what you thought was interesting, Andrew, yeah. about because you read through it, correct? I did. Yeah. I, I, what did you think specifically when it comes to her words regarding Deshaun Watson? Yeah. And, and his actions and what he was implicated in. Uh, what did you pull from that? Uh, and, and what was your takeaway from that part of the report? Uh, you know, I think the. The number one takeaway for me is that, you know, uh, and I was I was just having a, a Twitter conversation with uh, someone about this. Um, I, I think a lot of people have talked about this and, and rightly so. Um, uh, you know, people want to talk about this as an issue of morality, right? That that a guy did, did he did something wrong. And, I, I, you know, there's no question about that. But the, the issue at hand is that um, the NFL can't, shouldn't, and isn't capable of being the morality police. And so... In lieu of that, uh, you know, they're they're trying to basically create a safe workplace uh, and also relieve themselves of liability. And as a result, you know, I think a lot of uh, this this makes more sense. This all understanding all of this makes more sense if you think about it as a as a labor law issue. And so Sue Robinson at the end of her my good friend Sue Robinson at the end of her <laughs> report, uh, she she said, you know, essentially that that for nonviolent sexual uh assault cases in the past that no one has ever been suspended more than three games uh in 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 the history of the league giving suspensions of this type so giving him six games is already double the the amount the largest amount that's ever been handed out for these specific types of allegations uh and because of that precedent the, the she basically chided the NFL for trying on the fly in this case to invent a new precedent to hold or a new standard 
to hold Watson to and said that it would be unfair to hold a player to a standard that was not in writing at the time that he was committing uh, the offenses that she did find him to have more likely than not have committed. So uh, it, it's it's interesting that that in reading it, she she doesn't quibble necessarily with his his guilt uh, in in terms of a probable cause way. The, the the standard of evidence for the NFL here is more likely than not. So it's not the same as a criminal court. She she agreed that he was more likely than not to have done the things that he is alleged to have done in the four cases that was that were presented. But it's not the same thing. It's it's not as easy as just saying he did those things. Now we can just punish him however we want because there is an agreed upon policy with agreed upon punishments and precedent does matter in these situations. And so it was on that basis that she declined to give the NFL what they wanted a year long suspension. So I I think that was the most interesting thing to me is because, you know, you will now see a lot of people on Twitter saying she agreed he's, you know, he's guilty, but I think it's worth saying, do we want to give the NFL power to decide arbitrarily based on, you know, what, how they feel at the time, what the punishment should be for, you know, each of these individual offenses that people commit. Well, and Andrew, I'm going to, these two, the two topics that we had kind of slide together. So I'm just going to kind of slide into the next topic because I think her words were interesting regarding the Deshaun Watson. She did not clear Deshaun Watson at all. She said she found him to be in violation of, of the personal conduct policy she said multiple violations of the personal conduct policy. Um, but like you said, and and our next topic that we're going to get into for the next five minutes is her words for the NFL. And, and in my reading of this, her words for the NFL were rather harsh. Mm-hmm. Her words for the NFL were, uh, if you want this to be treated more severely, you right. need you need to lay this out so that there's precedent to treat it more severely. She basically chided the NFL for saying, you, you're trying to make a culture-shifting decision here. Mm-hmm. You, want, you want me to rule that something that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want me to, to, to put an, a, a punishment in place that's never been put in place for something like this before or anywhere right. close. Even though she did say in her report that Deshaun Watson's actions were unlike anything that the NFL's ever mm-hmm. dealt with in this regard before. But... Judge Robinson basically said, you're, you're trying to make an example of this guy and you didn't give any kind of notice before you were going to make that example. You want this right. paradigm culture shifting decision. You have to serve notice before it. Um, I was, I was trying to explain it in the most simple terms to somebody I was talking to earlier. And it was, it would be like driving down the road, but right up, right up by my house, the roads of 45. Mm-hmm. Yep. It'd be like driving down the 45, getting pulled over for going 45, and then the officer saying, well, it's a 35 now. We just haven't posted it yet. Yeah, I got you doing 20 over. Yeah, exactly. No, you can't do that. That's basically, in my understanding, Andrew, and I want to hear what your thoughts were, but that's kind of what she said Mm -hmm. uh, out there is you can't just punish somebody without letting them know what the punishment is going to be. You can't just come up with this big thing without telling them first. Right. Well, and and she also, I, I mean, everything you said is absolutely correct, Mike. Uh, I, I, that that is all. I, not only is it in there, but it's she's right. She's dead right. You know, I mean, a hundred percent right. And the other thing that she pointed out, I think, very rightly, is that there's no definition of sexual assault in the NFL's personal conduct policy. So the NFL, in the disciplinary hearing, is bringing it to the table its definition of sexual assault. You know, for the first time, and holding him to that standard. So there's also 
within the personal conduct policy, not clear definitions of what behavior belongs in what bucket, which is, you know, it works when the commissioner is the only person uh, assigning uh, punishments because he, you know, all of this has been, uh, she uses the word post hoc uh, often in the report. And I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Not, my Latin is not as good as it used to be, but, but you know, it, it <laughs> essentially Latin means... on the ball, though. <laughs> okay. On point, pay yeah. Latin. Yeah, no, I'm, that's, that's, well, that, a lot of these books are... Uh, post pay, okay. <laughs> Nailed it. And so... You know, but but her point is essentially that the NFL <laughs> finds somebody in violation and then makes up the things that they were in violation of. And that works when the commissioner is the one doling out the discipline because he's not accountable to anybody. That's why the NFLPA wanted this independent arbitrator. And I think that the tension now that's going to exist between the NFL and this arbitrator is that she's going to, in these situations into the future, continue to find that there's no definition, there's no expectation, there's no, all she has is precedent. And then the NFL will go and say when it suits them that the precedent shouldn't apply. So the, the NFL has a choice to make here. If they want to invest uh, the time and energy and financial resources into building out a comprehensive list of all of the violations, their definitions, their punishments, or if maybe they want to take a step back from that and say, is this all stuff that we want to be litigating? Uh, is this the business that we want to be in? And I think I think one of the things that you said this all you said this earlier today it's a, it's a great thing for the NFL to have an independent arbitrator because not only can she help make these decisions she can also point out to the NFL the ways in which they are not equipped to make these decisions especially her right especially somebody with her pedigree our dearest oldest friend Sue Robinson or <laughs> or as I will call her her honor uh yes. with an incredible background a federal judge uh mm -hmm. who understands how these things should go right because that's the job of a judge it isn't just to hand out sentences but it's to understand where where in the rules or regulations or laws in that circumstance am i going to pull this punishment or this judgment from right and what precedent helps me set that up and mm -hmm. she also understands that you can't just say nah we're right. going to throw that precedent aside and we're just going to do what we want to do and 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 now, we're going to get to it in just a minute. I do want to make sure we're closed out with kind of her words, but yeah, um, no, we, I we pulled it over to the next one. We did. Well, we did. We did her words for Watson yep. and her words for the NFL. Exactly. Uh, and and we're going to get into what comes next in just a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, but but uh, yeah, I, I I read the report and I came away with it going. She needs to be a permanent fixture. Yeah. Because she was just the right amount of skating mm -hmm. to Deshaun Watson yep. and to the NFL. Like, if you read that from either side, you weren't happy either way. And that's how it should be. Right. Right. And if and if the NFL comes away from this with a sense that there needs to be harsher punishment for sexual assault, if it needs to be a minimum of a year, then they need to negotiate that with the NFLPA and add it to the next collective bargaining agreement or add an addendum. They can do that. They could do that tomorrow if they wanted to. Uh, so so that's the, that's the task ahead of them is is to actually change the, the rules uh you know, uh, in a forward-looking manner rather than uh, retrospectively, which is what they're trying to do here. So, I, I yeah, I think overall, it, I agree with you. It's a, it's a it's a ruling that doesn't make either party look good. Uh, and, and I think that's important to understanding this case is that there's not really, no, nobody's standing on the high ground here except for 
my dear old friend, Sue Robinson. Hey, before we get to the next topic, we did get a question here that I think we can answer uh, from T-Hawk 13. Can you clarify how many games he's not allowed in the building? And from what we understand, and this has been confirmed to us, yeah. uh, from what we understand, he is going to be there through all of training camp mm-hmm. uh, in the building, practicing, playing in the preseason games. Uh, he is going to have access to all of that. And then it looks like he's going to have three weeks out, uh, yes. three weeks where he is not in the building. Right. And then it's through it the sounds Steelers like, game. It sounds like after week three, mm-hmm. he is back at practice full go with the team. He's a lot uh, allowed to be around the building and the team and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's allowed to, to do that until uh, until his suspension ends and he's back in week seven. So yep. that's what it looks like. Uh, yep. And that's what we've had confirmed to us. Right. Yes, correct. That is that is our understanding at this time. Cool. So next topic is this. What comes next? All the conversation now. The entire conversation now is what is the NFL going to do? It mm-hmm. is my opinion, Andrew. And we I saw it in the comments here before. Yep. Um, you've got her here. Uh, she went by the rules. This was from Fumble 13. She went by the rules. If they appeal, they have cut her legs out from under her. That's Absolutely what I right. said before, and I think it's a bad look. Mm-hmm. This may not be what the NFL wants, but she has explained to you why it is what it is. And she's put it in perfectly clear language that even I could understand. And I don't have nearly as many books as Andrew. Uh, uh, I don't see one back there, but it, it feels like there's a tantrum just waiting to happen from the NFL side. So you, you said something in our Slack channel earlier, Mm -hmm. and I want you to, to expand upon it because it made me nervous, Yep. but I want you to say what you said and, and kind of let us know your thoughts on what comes next. Well, I almost never watch ESPN or the NFL Network for this sort of stuff, uh, but I do think in this case it's uh, helpful because it gives you a, a sense of the, the sort of the tone, right? Uh, the tone within the NFL media landscape. And so this, uh, the six o'clock Sports Center, uh, they had Adam Schefter on, and he said that as of last week, he would have thought it was un- very unlikely that the NFL would appeal this ruling. But because she used the word egregious uh, in in describing Watson's behavior, uh, he now feels like that gives them a path forward to appeal, uh, not necessarily the the decision, right? But but to use that language to justify a longer suspension. And uh, Charles Robinson had a uh, uh, an article arguing something similar that was sourced uh, that he had talked to some some league sources. Patty's here. He wanted to say yep. hi. Say hi. Yeah, he wants to win. Absolutely. Hello. Okay, go play. <laughs> Set. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I think that door is open because of the language that Robinson used in her decision. And um, I think it should give Browns fans pause because I think that, that, that they can make that argument. I also think that the piece on precedent is equally as valid for the NFLPA to come right back and say, no, we don't accept this and we're going to federal court over it. And I, I also, I, I, I firmly believe that that argument on precedent and, you know, inventing new legal standards to hold Deshaun Watson to throughout the the trial would hold up in federal court, but that all of that's going to take more time and extend the window of uncertainty for the Browns as a football team probably right through the season, which is, you know, in, in a lot of ways, a worst case scenario. Yeah. I can't imagine. I, I cannot imagine that the NFL views that it's in their best interest. I, I think they have an out because of judge Robinson to say, mm-hmm. listen, we did everything we needed to do. We, we pushed for what we wanted to push for. Yeah. And, and because of a lot of factors, judge Robinson decided that this is 
what she's going to re- recommend. And that is what we're going to stick with. Uh, and, and I think that's what, it, that's what they should do. Uh, I don't know that they should drag this out anymore. I don't know that it, it will even work out in their favor to do that. Right. Uh, but um, it is also interesting to think, man, if they, if they change this and they say, Hey, let's come back and just throw a year mm-hmm. uh, because they can do that if they want yep. to. Uh, this is going to get tied up, and this conversation is going to be happening for a long time. I just got a stiff arm yeah. out of the way. I right, and and it, uh, it opens the possibility of there being a temporary restraining order with a federal lawsuit, which would allow Watson to play go week on, one go. Hey. while the suspension is being uh, uh, further litigated. And and that was exactly what happened with Ezekiel Elliott back in, what was that, 2017. He played, I think it was the first eight weeks of the season, something like that, uh, while uh, he was in federal court uh, at playing that all out and then served a six game suspension in the middle of the season. So in, in some sense it could be good for the Browns, but in another sense, if, if Watson's around until, you know, mid November and then misses six games, is that better for the team or not? I don't, I don't know at this point. I mean, I think it's very hard, you know, looking forward. If, you know, we, we, we will have clarity by the end of this week, because if it, if they, if they appeal it, it, we're in for a mess all season potentially, if they don't appeal it, then I think we might finally be past all of this. Yeah, we did get some comments before we move on to the last, uh, one of the last Deshaun Watson topics. Yep. Uh, uh, I did like this question from Muddy Dog. Has anybody in the chat read the whole 15 pages? I don't know about everybody in the chat, but there's two people here that did. Yep. Uh, and so uh, we did go through that. Uh, and then let's see. Hold on. I saw another one in the comments that I thought was good. And then I just skipped right past it. Well, I, like, I saw one from T Hawk 13 asking if Judge Robinson actually has the yes, ability to that mandate uh, that the Watson only use team therapists, which I think is a great question. It's not clear to me uh, whether or not she does. Our timer just went off, uh, but I, I, you know, I think this this fits under any of these, frankly. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's an interesting thing that would that would really put this whole situation to the test if he is found to have done that. You know, if he's in violation of this, do they then go back to Robinson for more punishment? I don't know what happens. I, I think she can mandate it, but then what is the consequence? And that's the part that's unclear to me. What what would he? What sort of discipline would he face if he uh, violated? You know, that specific clause yeah. at, at the end of this. And and I you know I, I haven't seen anybody clarify that, so I don't know what to expect yeah. in that case. So let's get to. A little bit less of the Deshaun talk, but just yeah. a little bit more of the what the season, our next five minutes, real quick. Yeah. What's the season look like now? Now you know for a fact, this the suspension isn't going to get shortened. Now, granted, we don't know that this doesn't go to court. There's a stay put in place, and Deshaun Watson isn't starting for the Browns week one. Because that is a possibility if, there goes, if, the, if a lawsuit comes out of this. But let's just assume that this is going to stand as is. Six-game suspension. Jacoby Brissett is your starter week one. Although, you know, maybe Josh Rosen. Yep. Uh, uh, and and they roll through the first six games. Um, and then Deshaun Watson comes back. So just in your opinion, what is the season? What's the outlook of the season right now? How has it changed? Or how is it solidified, I guess, is a better yeah. way to put it for you. Yeah, it does kind of come all into focus, doesn't it? Um, I, I mean, I think the, yeah, we've got the graphic on the screen now, the first six games. Um, and I, I think, you know, such a key to it, I mentioned it earlier, is that the first four games are, you know, you can make the argument that those are their four weakest opponents. Um, and so to get the, all four of those in this first part of the schedule 
I've even seen some people on social media today, you know, essentially saying that that's a, you know, it's a conspiracy theory that they were given such an easy early schedule by the NFL, which I don't believe for a second. I know how the schedule's made and it's not made that way, but you know, dude, there's some things. I, and again, I didn't spend a lot of time on social yeah. media today, but there's bets that I wish I would have made. I wish I would have made a bet on the number of times I saw Calvin Ridley's name yep. uh, today. Cause it was a lot. Yeah. You, I you wish you over there. I wish I would have taken the over on how many times the, um, $1 million base salary for the first year mm-hmm. came back up today yep. uh, because it was a million and, and I would have won the over there. There were just mm-hmm. some bets that I should have taken uh, online. It went, yep. it was a little crazy. I got away from it, but for a while there, it was crazy. Well, you know, and I think that the issue there is that there, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a, you know, the people in the comments are talking about it. There's a 15 page report. We don't need to make all these other things up. There's plenty to talk about. We don't need to look for other things <laughs> right. to talk about. There's, there, you know, she's written it all down. The facts are all presented there in a pretty clear and concise manner. And I think, you know, I, I think this is not exactly what we're set out to talk about here, but I think that's almost getting overshadowed in a way. Like yeah. a, a former federal judge wrote a report into this that was 16 pages long that weighed all of the evidence from both sides and came to a conclusion. I, To me, that feels so definitive. You get into all right. the, 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 the wrangling about this, but like, let's zoom out a little bit here. Like, how is that not enough for this? Right. So, so anyway, back to so look <laughs> yep. at the schedule here. Yep. This is the J- Jacoby Brissett schedule. Yep. Carolina at yep. Carolina, home for New York, home yep. for Pittsburgh, at Atlanta, yep. and then home for the Chargers and the Patriots. That is the Jacoby Brissett uh, portion of the schedule. The following week is at Baltimore, and that is when Deshaun Watson is slated to come back. Yep. So take us through your thoughts through the first six. I, I have a bottom line here, which is anything less than three and three, anything worse than three and three would be a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a bottom line. I think also, you know, you can expand from that to say that uh, Brissett for six games, Watson for 11 games. Uh, I think anything less than 10 and seven would be a disappointment. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's as clear cut as that. I don't, I, I'm not particularly interested in how they get there. They can, they can lose the first three and then win three. That's fine. I, you know, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't be happy for those first three weeks, but they could do it. I'd like for them to beat the Steelers. That would be fun. Oh, be but so fun. uh Oh, you know, I, I mean, I, I think four and two is very achievable. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to be down from where they were last year. And there's not a team of these six. I mean, the Chargers are a good team. We we found that out last year. Other than that, there's there's not a team on this list that I think has improved measurably from last season. And so, you know, the Chargers game is a tough one. It is at home in Cleveland in October. We know what that can be like. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I, I think four and two is totally doable. I think five and one is a possibility. Uh, but that's that's pretty dreamy. That would require Jacoby Brissett playing some of his best football. Didn't uh, didn't the Chargers pick up Khalil Mack this offseason? They, they did. That's that's scary. That's yeah. that's scary. That They're is a great scary team. Thing. And JC yeah. Jackson. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've got they've added a lot of talent. And that's Herbert that's in his third year. Yeah, that's a team that with a healthy Deshaun Watson, I think that would be one hell of a knockout, knockdown, dragout, fun yep. football game to watch. Without no Deshaun, I don't yep. know how much hope there is there. But every other game. Every other game, mm-hmm. even with Jacoby Brissett, who, again, I said this earlier today, this isn't, he, yeah, he's not like an elite level starting quarterback, right? But he has a, pe- there's a pedigree to Jacoby Brissett. He comes yeah, from, he comes from a Patriots organization yep. that knows how to win games. That's where yep. he cut his teeth. Mm-hmm. And then he's been a starting quarterback. They're, the Colts made him their starter mm-hmm. uh, for a while there. He's been a starting quarterback for a while. So I have faith that Jacoby Brissett can get them to four wins out of that. Boom. Look at that. Nice. Five minutes. Perfect. 
All right, so then the last question, uh, just take it back to the quarterback position here because I do think this is a very interesting thing that comes from all this. And then we're going to get away from the quarterback and onto some other topics. Yep. Andrew, how do you think they're going to divide reps at the quarterback position during the preseason? Because, again, even – even now we're still trying to kind of get used to that, right? With the mm -hmm. three game preseason. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've only been through it once. Uh, whereas before it was, uh, they play the first quarter in week one. They play the first two quarters in week two. You'd see them after halftime in week three, and then right. you wouldn't see the starters at all in week four. Now there's only three weeks. And so you've got Deshaun Watson is going to have the ability to play in those preseason games, mm -hmm. all of them. Yep. But you also have to set up Jacoby Brissett to be successful coming out of the preseason. Mm -hmm. So what do you think the best way for Kevin Stefanski and his uh, coaching staff would be to split those quarterback reps during the three games of the preseason? Well, I, I think the first thing I would say is that I trust uh, them to do this well. Um, yes. I, I, you know, I, I am a, a believer in Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt. I think they have a great offensive coaching staff. And so I think there is going to be a very thoughtful plan in place. I think there probably already has been because I think we had the sense for a little bit that the Browns were expecting it to land somewhere around six games. So I think they're probably, they have been throughout the training camp already implementing the plan that is now a little bit more firm. Um, I, so what I expect to see is kind of, I mean, Stefanski talked about it a little bit today in the press conference after train after practice. You know, he said essentially that they're going to, for the first part of training camp, it's going to be, as if nothing is different. And then later in camp, uh, as they get closer to week one, they're going to start to transition to a more, uh, you know, uh, uh, to, to start to get Brissett comfortable at that point. Because the reality is, is that both of these guys need work. Um, neither of them played a lot of football last year. I, I think Brissett played in some games in Miami, but neither of them played a lot of football. And and the Browns are, I think, you know, from all from all indications are, are uh, I think it was actually in the building the Browns episode that, that just aired on Sunday that Kevin Stefanski said that they're learning a new offense. You know, he, he said that about both of the quarterbacks. So, right. Um, that, you know, there, there is a challenge here, but I also think that this coaching staff is up to it. Um, and I think, you know, I don't, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have a better idea of how that they, how they can get to where they need to go. I, it will be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, I saw muddy dog in, in chat saying Deshaun one series per game. I think that's definitely possible. I think it's also possible that he plays a half in the first game and doesn't play the third game at all. You know, they, they get him early work and then phase him out as they start to get ready for week one in Carolina. Yeah. I love these comments. Super surge. I'd yeah. rest Chubb all preseason and tell him to get his back ready for the first. Well, he didn't, weeks. yeah, he didn't play last preseason. <laughs> I see no reason to change that. I, I would love to get a good look at Jerome Ford this preseason. Oh, Ford. Uh, I'd love to see the Johnson Ford duo yep, going at absolutely. it this preseason. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I like uh, Fumble 13. Jacoby should play the first series and then wrap him in bubble yeah. wrap. I mean, and that's, you know, I mean, we joke around about Josh Rosen, but that's why he's here. Because yeah. I think they know that they've got two quarterbacks now that they don't want to get hurt. It's not just normally you have one that you don't want to risk. The Browns have two they don't want to risk. And so, I yeah, I expect to see a lot of Josh Dobbs and Josh Rosen. I You know, it, it's funny because I think regardless of what Stefanski and the staff decide to do, I think I'm kind of on board with it. And that's yep. a weird place to be. Like, yeah, I'm good Feels either nice, way. Right? I feel like if they decide to give Deshaun Watson a little extra work, knowing that this is going to be his only live game action he's going to see uh, until week seven, I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, if you're like, Deshaun, we know who you are. Right. We know what you're going to be when you get here. Yep. So go get a little work in and you're going to be fine. We need Jacoby Brissett 
and and we need Dobbs and Rosen right. to be get really focused on getting ready for these first six weeks. Yep. That I'm okay with too. So mm-hmm. I don't well, know. I, that thought, you're in a, I think you're in a win-win. Yeah, I thought Jack Duffin made a great point this morning on our first show. He said, you know, they've also got that uh, series of practices. I think it's against the Eagles uh, in Berea ahead of uh, their preseason game with them, and and that functions as a sort of fourth game. And so that's an area because that they're guaranteed to have Watson kept safe in that. I mean, all but guaranteed. I don't. I shouldn't. I'm knocking on wood now. But all but guaranteed to keep Watson safe in that or uh, that area, he's going to take all those snaps because that's the the safest game environment he can get before you know the ball kicks off for Ernest this fall. Yeah. All right. So that should take us about to the end of that timer, right, Andrew? Yep. Yeah. Oh, eighteen doing... seconds. We'll just carry that over. That's a carry. It's carryover. Get rollover. Rollover roll, time. Rollover seconds. Uh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> all right. So listen, uh, it's been a big day. It's been a. Uh, uh, it's been a. I want to say it's been a relief. Like I came in today thinking, cool, we're going to have a relief. And I don't, I don't feel that now. I'm just like, well, we got three days to figure out what the hell is going to happen next, but we'll figure that out when we figure that out. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to some other topics, some other things that have happened. I'm going to start with one that kind of, they like buried it under all the rest of the stuff. Uh, But uh, one thing that I think people were kind of nervous about was a guy that was on the pup list. Uh, a guy that wasn't out there practicing or performing or anything like that. A uh, guy that got activated from that pup list, Jack Conklin, the mm-hmm. right tackle for the Cleveland Browns, returns. He's back at practice uh, and he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I mean, Andrew, if you had to ask me outside of a quarterback, outside mm-hmm. of a quarterback, mm-hmm. if you had to ask me to make a list of the guys that I think are are on like the list of top five most important guys to this team, I think Jack Conklin might make that list for me. Uh, due to who's behind him, due to the depth, and due to what yep. he means for that offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think he is a very important piece. I think you saw it when he got hurt last year, Absolutely. what that happened to that offensive line. Uh, so uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that Conklin got activated today? I was surprised. I mean, I know there had been a little bit of talk that he was closer than people thought, but uh, still it's great news because this this gives him plenty of runway to be ready for week one, which is what matters because we just talked about the first six weeks of the season, they're going to run the – the snot out of the ball and, and Jack Conklin, you know, the right side of that line with Wyatt Teller and Jack Conklin, that's where they want to be running behind. So uh, getting those two guys uh, healthy and on the field together for week one, it's, it's a, it's a, it's as strong of a, of a side as there is in the league. And I think it, it gives the Browns a great chance to, of, you know, avoid some of the, the, the times last year where they were forced to throw, not necessarily because they wanted to, but because they, they couldn't run the ball effectively at times last year. And I think that gets forgotten. We have gotten to a point where we almost take their run game for granted. And right. it is, it's, it's one of the best in the league. It was, by many statistical measures, the best in the league last year. Right. But, but teams know that. And then teams come in with a plan to attack that. And when it's James Hudson out there, it's a lot easier to attack than when it's Jack Conklin. He is a, he's a big man and he's a veteran and he knows how to win. And so, uh, you know, he's, he's an important part of this team for sure. Him and Jed Wills, if we could get, if you could sign me up for 17 games of both of them right now, I, that, that would be a, a, a price I would pay. You know, I, that, that's, that's something I would be interested in. Let's put it that way. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's huge. I, I, I will note that he was doing individual but not team today. I'm sure they're just bringing him along slowly. But it's great news for the outlook for this season if he can play uh, to start week one. Yeah, the, listen, it, it still should be one of the most rock-solid offensive lines in football. When you've got 
Conklin and Teller are the maulers on the right side, and they are maulers. This dude, Jack Conklin, this dude you are looking at is an absolute mauler at right tackle. It's why they paid the money they did to bring him here from Tennessee. And then you've got one of the best, I, like, it's funny because if Joe Thomas never existed, we would talk about Joel Batonio <laughs> as mm-hmm. one of the all-time great offensive linemen in Brown's history, and that's mm-hmm. what Joel Batonio is. So you've got him at that left tackle. You saw, remember, oh, man, when he shifted over to left tackle and just was one of the best left tackles in football for a couple of weeks last year, like it was nothing. Yeah. You've got those guys. Those are your anchors. But now you're looking at Nick Harris mm-hmm. at center. Yep. Uh, obviously, Treader's gone. Yep. Uh, and and Jed Wills had a, just an injury-filled, injury-plagued, and if it wasn't injuries, it was sicknesses. There were just a lot of issues yep. with Jed last year uh, that we didn't see him get any kind of that growth in his second year. Yeah. And so there's some questions that still exist on that oh, offensive absolutely. line as well with Harris and Wills and how they can come along. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, Harris, his first time being the full-time starter and, and Wills coming back off injuries and trying to be healthy for a season. So yep. a guy like Conklin is so critical yep. uh, as a third, just nasty piece on that line. Yeah. Yep. And and I think that's exactly right with, with Betonio, Tre- uh, sorry, Teller, and Conklin, they can pick up the other two guys, and I expect more from Wills this year. And I, I'm, I'm bullish on Harris too. But, but if you have those question marks, if the other parts are rock solid, you can work around it, you can scheme around it, and I expect that's what the coaching staff will do. But it, it requires those guys being healthy. And I think, whatever you know, you might think about Hubbard, and I mean Hudson probably will take a step forward in his second year. Yeah, I don't want to see those guys on the field this year. <laughs> I, I, I mean, no offense to them personally. Right. I want, I want to see, like I said, I want to see 17 games for both of our tackles. I, I mean, really, all the offensive line. But, but you know, we, that was rough last year, and it, and it, it hurt them more than I think that they let on because they, they often covered it up with scheme, but it still hurt. All right, next topic. Uh, because we should be just about there. We are. You nailed uh, and you made this topic, so I'm going to let you be the expert on this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you wrote down. We want to talk about how the wide receivers stack, and yeah, I think so- I think that is. I you know I'll give my two cents, and I do have a hot yep. take. I'm going to get you a hot Perfect. take. I'm going to get Keep you a up. hot take, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Okay. Okay. And I want I want to hear your view. Put it in the oven. I want to hear your view on how the wide receivers stack for yep. the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So my my thinking with this, and I. I I should have written, this is good for future. This is a note for future notes. Uh, be more specific with your note. Uh, don't just put some thoughts. Uh, yeah, it's going to be spicy. He's going to put a little bit of, it's going to be, what What do you, I, I like a, for, for a little bit of spice, I like a Tony Chicherries. I don't know if you've ever had Tony Chicherries. I have. Uh, yep. I am, uh, we're very, we are spice driven in this house. Mm-hmm. We love spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, uh, a seasoning out there that you can order on Amazon. It's called Slappy Mama. Oh, sure. Uh, and they have a spicy Slappy Mama. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no free ads, obviously, but <laughs> my endorsement goes hey, out to Slappy us. Mama. Go get call, Slappy, call Mama. Slappy Mama. Call, yeah, drop, drop a, drop your. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> my question is essentially: they've got Schwartz on the sidelines with a knee injury. David Bell's on pup. So, I mean, obviously Cooper is catching everything thrown his way in camp, and he's the clear number one. That's not the question. Uh, but but we have I, we this is a popular topic of conversation in our Slack is Donovan, Donovan Peoples Jones and his uh, his uh, sometimes lack of effort on uh, certain routes that will come through on on practice footage. All right, I'm going to cut you uh, off because that's the spicy take. That's the spicy take. I keep seeing videos get posted of like some kind of crazy falling down diving mm-hmm. catch that Donovan Peoples Jones makes. 
And online, all I'm seeing are people going, oh, look at this catch he made. He's going to yep. take the leap. He's going to take the leap. He's look at this off. catch. Oh, man. And I'm looking at him going, that was the worst route I've ever seen run. Mm-hmm. The ball was thrown to a perfect spot, and he yep. took forever to get yep. there. Yep. D- DPJ, listen, can yep. that dude be a good wide receiver in this league? Yeah, I think he has been a pretty good wide yep. receiver for where he's come from. He's yep. got a lot of work to do. Yeah. there's You can see why he fell in the draft. Yeah. You could see why he went from being like Michigan's best receiver to a guy that you nobody touched for the entire yeah. draft. He's got work to do. Those yeah. those uh those routes, it's gonna get frustrating. It's gonna get frustrating. Deshaun yeah. Watson, you you hope some of these veteran guys oh, they'll get him out him. on that. Yeah. yeah. Him and Brissett will both get on him. Yeah, now the good goes- news is the good news is, and Jay, I'll give Jake Burns credit on this. Yeah, he's catching those balls. Yep. So he will make up for some of the bad route running if he yep. makes those catches. But you're also killing things that could happen, bigger plays that could happen because you're right. diving all over the place to make a catch because you didn't run a good route. He's yeah. got to be better at that. He comes out of those breaks like he's carrying three bags of groceries, you know? Yes, like, yes. Like he's trying not to drop like a bottle. You know, he's got like wine and a, a bag, you know, and he's just trying to keep it Those all. eggs. Yeah, exactly. He's just trying to keep it all in place. So he's going a little slow, he's a little ginger. Um, no, I, I think that was basically my question is, you know, where do they go wide receiver wise? Is there somebody in the room? That's going to step up into that. I mean, because it's, it's yeah, exactly. Is, is Michael Woods that guy? It's it's as far as I'm concerned, it's wide open all the way up to the number two wide receiver. Because I, I look, I like Donovan Peoples Jones too, but I don't think if somebody else comes in and burns it up, there's, to me, there's no reason that they couldn't eventually work themselves into the rotation ahead of him. I don't think that he's done anything to cement himself in that position. Or as people in the comments are asking, could they go outside? I mean, there was a there was a report. <laughs> <laughs> Stone Cold's music hits, and they just there was a report today around. that Will Fuller might sign, but he's maybe waiting later in the preseason. Which you know, I, I mean, that that tells you how important the preseason is to some of these guys, and that's fine. Uh, but but could that make sense down the road? I mean, he, he and Watson had a a magical connection for multiple seasons in Houston. So I want to, uh, I do want to give my, I want to give my show, the Garage Beers Podcast, uh, a shout out. We did interview Mike Woods. Good dude from Oklahoma. Yep. Really good guy. Came on with us. He did it live. If you want to go back and listen to that, go check out the Mike Woods interview. I don't know when it was. A couple months, yep. a month ago, after the draft. Uh, but yeah. go check that out. But yeah, I, I mean. I was on that show. You were on that show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen. Um, and that, that room is not. It's far from settled, Andy. Yeah. It's far That's from. The uh, That's I the think, whole point. Yep. I think a lot of Browns fans, I, I, I just feel like just when they talk about him, I feel like people are going to be pleasantly surprised at how good Amari Cooper really is. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because he is really good. I agree. Uh, and he's really good at everything. Yep. Uh, but this but, team is too good otherwise for it to be Amari Cooper and a bunch of dudes. That's it. You yeah. know, it, it, we need, a, we need a, another second option. I know that they're expecting David Njoku to be the second option, but I want another wide receiver yep. to either emerge or to be brought in in the next week. Whether it's a trade or free agent signing, I don't care. But it's the, the room's not set, and I, I don't feel great about it. Okay. All right. A couple topics left before we get out of here. Yep. Uh, and this is one you guys have been begging for. Yeah. You've been begging for. Yep. Uh, it appears that Cade York is awesome. <laughs> like – no joke, not like no, no, like crazy. I know everybody we talk about the kicker, and we need a little kicker talk for crying out loud. Yep, especially here in Cleveland, where one of our two of our our all time franchise icons are kickers mm-hmm. in Phil Dawson and Lou the Toe. Uh, uh, apparently, this dude Andrew and 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 I, I don't know if you've been hearing anything otherwise. There he is. 
but apparently jaws are dropping mm-hmm. at camp when this yep. guy's kicking. Yep. And I think what you've seen, it, it, we call it the Justin Tucker effect. Mm-hmm. Justin Tucker is a threat. Yep. When you see him out there, and you know that if you're in a close game and he's got a chance to tie it or give you a win at the end, yep. chances are Justin Tucker's coming through. Yep. I think a lot of times people talk about kickers like they're just uh, hopefully they make the kick and whatever. And that's what we've experienced here in Cleveland the last couple of years. Yep. But this kid looks like he this kid looks like the real de- real deal. Yep. Do you what what is your confidence level, especially when it's November and those winds are swirling at First Energy Stadium? Well, maybe this is a spicy take, but it's zero. <laughs> yeah, right. Zero. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm excited because, you know, what I would say is that uh, it's very clear that there's a kicking revolution taking place. I think Justin Tucker was the vanguard. But every year, the the percentage of made field goals goes up and up and up. The Browns had one field goal missed against them all of last year. So right. uh, you, you cannot accept 80%. That does not cut it anymore. And so, and, and not only uh, accuracy, but distance, uh, you know, there's, there's a few kickers in the league that routinely are good up to 60. And so that changes the, the math of the end of it, half the end of the game, where you're trying to get to, how you call plays. Uh, there's, there's a kicker revolution going on. It's happening in slow motion, but every year, I think now one of these guys is going to join the league. It was Evan McPherson last year in Cincinnati. So now we've got Tucker. It's, it's a lot like the quarterback conversation. We've got Burrow. And McPherson, we've got Jackson and Tucker. Now the Browns, do they have Watson and York? Is it the same situation where if we're down two with a minute left, I, I want to know, I trust these guys, you know, and I, I feel pretty good about Watson. But to your point, uh, when it's November in Cleveland, if they're going to go try and beat Tampa Bay on a last second field goal, do I trust this kid to go out and do it? I don't currently, but I am open to, to I'm open to the to that feeling, I his you heart know, is I, open. I, Andrew's heart exactly. is open. That's right. Uh, I went I, while you were talking. I scrolled all the way back to the beginning of the show because mm-hmm. I loved this comment. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about kickers, J.C. Sandman, way at the beginning of the show, made this comment. I saw Zane Gonzalez give Baker a fist bump in Panthers <laughs> practice, so there was that. <laughs> Shout out to uh, you, J.C. Sandman. Quick going I, to Panthers practice. I know who Zane Gonzalez is, but I don't know. I don't recognize that other name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he's, I think he's a quarterback. It's a new, yeah. It's a new Sam Darnold's backup. Got. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. yeah. Listen, I, I, I am hoping <laughs> I can't even read that comment out loud. Uh, thanks Jared. Uh, no, but you know what? We have been through, we see yeah. Justin Tucker so often. Exactly. And we've been since Phil Dawson left, we have been through, I don't know, Billy Cundiff. And his ragtag group of other yep. kickers that have come through here, and yep. it just hasn't. We they've never found that guy since Phil left, right? And so, you know, I, I think the last time they drafted somebody, it was Austin Seibert. That didn't work out real well. Mm-hmm. But you gotta love what you're seeing. You gotta love what you're hearing. And and from the reports that you're reading, it's a noticeable. Yeah, it's just the way the ball comes off his foot. Yep. It's a noticeable like, oh, that's different than anything we've seen in like yep. 10 years. And I will say that it is as as much as, as I am excited that 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 the Browns may have found a kicker uh, that they could actually sign to a second contract at some point. It is also very, very funny to me how excited the Browns media is to cover his kicking. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Every time he has a kicking period, 
it's it's my Twitter feed is is you know three or four scrolls worth of just six for six, six for six, six for six, <laughs> including one from fifty one. You know, and then sometimes there'll be video. Somebody will talk about the sound, and I unironically Sonic love boom. that. I love it. I love it because that is such a Cleveland thing to get so wrapped up in this kid who is a rookie. And he might struggle. You know, Jake Burns has been consistent in saying he needs time. And that's the that's the number one thing I would say is if we're going to get this excited about him in training camp, then he deserves the entire season. And if he has a rough spot, stick with him, because I guarantee you by the end of the season, you're probably going to be happy with that decision. Fumble 13 said it's like hearing a pro golfer hit the ball. It's just different. Uh, exactly. I don't know what you're talking about. My it's, it sounds great <laughs> coming off my clubs when I actually hit it and I yeah. don't swing and miss. Yeah. Uh, all right, last topic, just kind of a fun one before we get out of here. I want to know. Uh, hopefully, the comments blow up with this one because yeah, I want to know if you guys voted. I want to know if you guys got your voices heard. But the Browns put it out there. I think we have. I think we have a uh, a graphic. Yeah, there, there it is. Oh. The Browns. Oh, uh, we lost it, but we'll get it back. Get Ian's back. working on it. Yep. The Browns put it out there. They wanted a fan vote for their field design this upcoming year. I loved it. I loved it. I don't know. You look through the, they put four choices out there. I think uh, two of the four choices had Brownie the elf, mm-hmm. but that one was like the happy Brownie the elf. Yep. Like, Hey, I'm Brownie the elf. Yeah. With his and hands then, on his hips. Yep. Yeah. Just like I'm hanging out and I just drank a beer. And then the other, uh, the other Brownie the elf, which is real aggressive, stiff arming. Like I'm going to punch you in the face, Brownie the elf. Yep. And then the other two were the Browns helmet, the old helmet logo and the new helmet logo. Right. So, uh, and then you can see the color options in the end zone. Uh, I don't know which one, which one tickled your fancy, Andrew? Which one was your, which one was your favorite? Well, Mike, I did vote and I voted for option two. Yes. I have, I have that, that elf on a hat. I'm not wearing it at the moment. That would have really underlined the point. I should have done that. Uh, yeah, exactly. That it's I, I like the juxtaposition of a cartoonish character looking mean. That makes me happy. So, but yeah, I agree. Two or three would both be fun. <laughs> but I have said for a while, uh, the elf needs to be more involved. I don't. I don't have any kind of like affinity for the elf. I don't. I don't like. I don't own an elf thing. Not. But I don't have a. I don't have an aversion to the elf either. Mm-hmm. I just. Yeah. It's just. He's just an elf. He's just there, yeah. doing his thing. I, if you want to make him more a part of it, I love it. I will say I voted, and I voted for number two as well. All right. Because I am way more interested in this aggressive little guy yeah. sticking his hand out, about to put it in your face, mm-hmm. uh, than I am in this happy, jolly-go-lucky, or happy-go-lucky whatever guy yeah. down there hanging out yeah. on the field. So Looking impish, yeah. Give me, give me angry elf, especially if there's something about – you, you got Chubb and Hunt and mm-hmm. these guys that are going to be out there running the ball just like that elf. Yep. Uh, it's it's a it feels like it just belongs there, right? Feels like it just belongs. I, I I agree. I've always kind of in my head thought that the that that elf number two, you know, the the stiff arming elf. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. surge. People don't just yeah. walk into the elf stadium and walk out with a win. Yes. <laughs> I, that's I, right. In my head, I've always pictured that that second elf with the stiff arm is kind of doing a Jim Brown impression. So that's, that's kind of the context that I have for it. Um, I don't think that that's true, but that's in my head. That's what's going on. I noticed that in the comments, uh, Manimal has changed his mind. So that's exciting. You're welcome. Um, yeah. We yeah, put up. A, I, I, we're, a... we're, yeah. We're, we're transforming people's hearts here, which is exciting. Um, I, I just think that the, I, I, there's something funny about the fact that the logo is a helmet. It's a little bit, you know, sort of self-referential or whatever, but, uh, I like the elf, and I think it's 
I also like when people get confused, like, but it's the Browns. Why are you an elf? You know, like that, that confusion that well, uh, I enjoy that. Now, hold on, Andrew, because I yep. figured you would have known this with all the books behind you, but our buddy Necronis in the comments is giving us all a lesson. It's not an yep. elf, right? It isn't an elf. It's right. a brownie, an actual is... mythical creature of Scottish Gaelic lore. Okay. But isn't his official name Brownie the elf or did I make that up? I think people call him Brownie the Elf. Oh, Patrick's back. I didn't even see him. He just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Sorry, Pete. Uh, I I don't know if that's his actual name. That's what I've always called him. Yeah. But I don't know. That makes it even cooler to me if it is a brownie, a mythical creature. I need yep. to know more about this. I'm going to yep. research it. Next week's episode is going to all be all about that. Yeah, we'll just do an hour. We'll do an hour on Scottish folklore. <laughs> that's what I'd say. Yeah, we'll just do a full hour. I've I've got the the Wikipedia page for Brownie pulled up here, so yeah, it is definitely, it's definitely a a, a Gaelic uh, yeah. So, but I I also did Google Brownie the Elf and and it came up. So, um, it's unclear to me if that's his actual name. We'll do some research. We'll get back to you. Uh, I'll dig into some of these books. Might find the answer in there. Please do. Yeah. All right. Uh, Andrew Spade, man, this has been fun. I like the, uh, the kind of the quick hitter topics, even though we yep. cheated and talked a lot about Deshaun Watson, but that was what we needed to talk yes. about. Yeah. Uh, so listen, uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. The big news that came down, obviously we got three days to wait to see what the NFL decides to do. You know, for a fact that the OBR is going to be your place to get the best info when it happens, when the NFL makes their decision, whether they are going to appeal this decision or not. So be sure to stay tuned to the all of our social media pages, especially on Twitter, uh, where we will be blasting out stuff. Make sure you're looking out for Barry's Newswire, a newswire to end all newswires tomorrow. Uh, you'll want to see that. And mm. when that decision comes down, we will be right on top Daddy. of it. Hold on, pal. I got the oh, he's got the hiccups. What a bummer. Mm -hmm. All right, hang with yep. me until we're done. Uh, Get out. Make sure you are sticking, uh, staying in tune with everything OBR, and then I'm going to give us a selfish uh, plug tomorrow. We have got the Garage Beers podcast tomorrow where we will, I'm sure, talk about this a little bit more over beers and have some fun, uh, and we'll see. We're working on some special guests for that, so stay tuned for that tomorrow night as well. Uh, but, Andrew, anything else you want to throw in before we get out of here? The hiccups are the worst, man. I have a trick, but it involves holding water at the back of your throat for a while. It's it's a little dangerous. I don't know if I'd recommend it for a kid, so good luck. He wouldn't be good at that, but I have another trick. If you ever get the hiccups real bad, uh, mm -hmm. put a cloth napkin over a glass of water and chug it through the napkin. goes away every time. Is that what's going to happen now? goes away every time. Yeah, we're going to go do it. Okay, uh, there you go. Thank you to everybody that joined us live tonight. The comments section was wild. We love you guys. Yeah, thank you great. for being involved. Uh, and thank you for uh, just making it a fun show for us. Uh, but that's gonna, all right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, for Andrew over there in Wisconsin, I am Michael Keefe. Go follow all the socials, and we will see you uh, next time. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, go guys. Browns.